Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. A relational revolution is sweeping through God's people globally. As the training champion for Luke 10, my key question has been, how do we help facilitate church in ways that help people grow healthy attachments to God and to each other? In this episode, I recap what this revolution's all about, clarify what I'm not saying, and jump into the first S of effective facilitating, seeing. Hope you enjoy. Hi there, this is Tony, and today I'm going to try to recap a little bit of the last two podcasts and share just a little bit about the topic of today, which is the first S in how to facilitate this revolution. One of the ways that I kind of group group a whole set of skills is these four S's. So anyway, we're going to jump into the, the first S today just a little bit, but just a recap for those of you who might be popping in here for the first time. Um, we've been talking about how there's a relational revolution happening in the in God's bride in the Christian church globally. And it, it looks a little like people hungry for emotionally healthy community, basically. And some of those people are searching for it in institutional churches, but not necessarily finding it. Um, some churches are realizing that they need to shift somehow in order to bring more healthy intergenerational community um, into play. Um, and then a whole host of people are actually called duns. They're, they're done with the institution because they've been searching for this relational connection for so long in the institution and they haven't found it. And in order to save their faith, they actually just walked away from institutional church as it is. So there's 65 million of these people in the United States alone who have walked away and they haven't walked away from their faith in God. They've just lost faith in the institution of church as it, as it is today. And that breaks my heart. So I'm not against institutional church and I'm not saying that institutional churches uh, aren't aren't doing a beautiful job at what they do. Uh, so please don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, I know a lot of institutional churches who are longing to be relational and they're figuring it out. You know, they're working through what does this look like? So um, um, I really do value those, um, those pastors and um, faithful members who are digging in and really trying to make it work in that setting. And I think it's, it's particularly challenging. Uh, I think it's much harder actually to do it in an institutional setting versus a church planting setting where you can kind of really invent what church looks like uh, based off just listening to God and living in deep community. Um, I was a church planter in Uruguay for almost 20 years and there was really no institutional structure that we had to follow. And so we literally just got to listen to God every day and ask him, you know, if you were here today, Jesus, what would it mean to you to be the body of Christ together? And what does that look like? And so we just got to play and we got to invent um, and do it in a more relational structure. And so that's a lot of the background that I bring into this. And currently I work for Luke 10, which is 
a training, a leadership training organization. And we really focus on helping people in every single area. So uh, all the way from moms and dads who are not clergy at all, but they're just lay leaders and they just want to lead their family well and be church together as a family, all the way to um, people who are leading movements, uh, missional movements or house church planting movements or mission organizations or church movements, uh, institutional church movements. So we work with everyone in that spectrum to train them how to be church at the micro level of two and three principally, because with two and three, you can practice every single day. That's just a little background because I know uh, if you're new to this podcast or to Luke 10, then some of what I'm saying might rub you the wrong way, or you might not know where we're coming from. So my role in Luke 10 is, um, has been, how do we, how do we actually disciple each other? How do we train each other in this relational way? And how do we train leaders to shepherd whole ecosystems of grace, wherever that might find them, whether it's a job, uh, uh, you know, maybe they own a company and they want to be church in their organization. Or like I said, maybe it's an institutional church or maybe it's a church planting network. So we run in all of those circles and we're training leaders um, to, to lead relationally and to create uh, these ecosystems of grace that are joy-fueled and Jesus-led uh, the and, and our communities of practice, practicing relational skills so that they can grow in their maturity. So that, by way of introduction, um, leads us to those were the, some of the characteristics that I used to describe this relational revolution where joy-fueled, Jesus-led communities of practice, where we're nurturing these or we're training these spiritual moms and dads to nurture these ecosystems of grace. So those were the, the five values that I threw out um, in one of the podcasts earlier. And last time I, I just shared how that led me to two shifts in how I show up in, um, in any type of setting, actually, whether it's a small group setting, a family setting, a business uh, board meeting setting, or even a large group setting. So I use uh, facilitation skills in all of those settings. Um, so this isn't just for small groups, although it really does work really well in small groups, but I train facilitators in all of these settings. And the two major shifts that I've gone through in my life were shifting my goal from doing something to someone else, right? Seeing people as projects that I needed to give to, to teach, to present to, to make sure they got something, at, you know, and, and that I was the giver and they were always the receiver, right? So to shift from that being my reality to my goal now is just to love which really requires presencing. It requires being present with that person. Maybe that person really doesn't need anything from me at all. And so to love them best means I don't give anything. I'm just present with them, right? I'm not trying to do anything to them. I'm present. And the, the four S's that I'm laying out are real specific ways that we can love because love is so ambiguous and it's such a it's, a, it's a great word, but many times we don't understand what it looks like with hands and feet on it. And so I want to put some very specific hands and feet to what love can look like when we're loving each other. But that's a goal that no one can block. And therefore, I don't get angry because it can't even be blocked if I'm if my goal is to love someone. So my goal shifted. And then the way I see others has shifted as well. And, you know, we, we've heard maybe you've heard people um, talk about Boober and and his I thou um 
essays that he wrote or book that he wrote. And, you know, it's, it's, this is nothing new. So basically I'm, I'm not saying anything new. It's also Carl Rogers when he wrote about uh, person-centered conversations or person-centered therapy, you know, this is nothing new. So I haven't made any of this up. I've just been discovering it over my lifetime through um, friends, through community, through God, through uh, also through, I did a spiritual direction certificate under some Jesuit priests in Uruguay. And some of this, um, you know, was shown to me during that time as well. But the way I view others. So instead of viewing others as it's things to be done to, <laughs> um, I view them now as they're, they're in the image of God which means there's a fullness to them, a whole universe to them, actually. And that if I can be present with another human and see them, which is actually the first S that we're going to talk about today, if I see them, really see them, I can see a glimpse of God's image. But it really means me seeing them as the image of God, as a whole universe in and of themselves, instead of someone that I need to witness to or someone that I need to teach, right? But I see them as in the image of God and God is working in them already. He is showing them, he's revealing himself to them. And I want to participate with him in that. And sometimes it just means witnessing what he's already doing, witnessing the image of God in this person already. So that leads me to our first S in facilitating, in facilitating this relational revolution the first thing I want to do, or one of the, the four things, the way I've grouped them is to see the person in front of me. Again, the person's not a target for me to evangelize, but instead they're an, in the image of God and they're a person for me to delight in. So now when I see humans, I don't think target to evangelize. I think human to delight in. How can I delight in the person in front of me? Many times and that is with eye contact. So we see with our physical eyes. We look each other in the eyes, which believe it or not, I'm in so many Christian circles where no one makes eye contact. It's so fascinating. So just think about how often you make eye contact with the people around you and the people you love. But joy, this, this sensation that I'm glad to be with you no matter what is principally communicated through our eyes, through looking at each other. And so when we see each other, we actually, we do look at each other <laughs> and we don't force someone to look me in the, I don't force anyone to look me in the eye because that wouldn't be safe, which is another one of the S's. But as that person's ready, I make eye contact and I see them. I'm glad to be with them no matter what. That's another way seeing or loving has hands and feet. It means I'm glad to be with you no matter what. Maybe my husband's angry at me today because I did something that made him mad. Can I be glad to be with him even though he's angry at me? Can I be glad to be with my child even though they're angry at me or even though they're disappointed in me? So we're growing this capacity to see the other and be glad to be with them no matter what. As I see the person in front of me physically, right, I can also be present to them. Meaning, let's say that person's emotionally excited. Well, I can match their energy. I can feel their excitement with them. Some people call that attunement. Um, but matching their energy, being able to see that this person's excited right now, or, the, or maybe this person is deflated. Maybe they're not their normal, usual excited self. And I can notice what I notice about that and inquire. So 
But what's so hard about this is that in order to be able to be present to another human like this, I have to be able to quiet my own thoughts and my own agenda enough to be able to see them. So for many years, for example, I might be with someone, but really the only thing I'm hearing in my mind are my thoughts about myself. <laughs> you know, what are they thinking about me? Does my hair look okay? You know, am I, am I saying too much here? And, and the internal dialogue is all about my anxiety around how I'm coming across or my anxiety about this person or, or even, you know, should I witness to them and, and anxiety about how I'm showing up. And so it really takes maturity to see the people around us, because it means that we have to be able to quiet our own thoughts, our own internal world, so that we can literally hear and see the world of the other. That's another way seeing, right, is loving someone. What do I see on their face? What's their posture like? And what does this tell me about their heart? Because all of the emotions that are going on in someone tell us about their heart. So we see with our physical eyes, but we also see with spiritual eyes. So when I'm with someone, I'm also asking God, how do you feel about this person in front of me? You know, maybe it's uh, the mailman. Maybe it's a person at the store. Maybe it's someone cutting my hair. Maybe it's my child or my husband or my best friend. But God, how do you feel about this person right now? Because when I can connect with God about how he feels about the person in front of me, I can then feel his feelings for them and then share my face with God, so to speak. <laughs> uh, Jim Wilder and, and um, Ed Corey talk about letting God you know, share your face. And I just love that idea and that God, you can have my face right now. If I'm flooded with the feelings God has for the person in front of me, I can let that show on my face and they can feel even God's delight in them through me, not just my own delight in them, but God's delight in them. Him enjoying his creation that's right in front of us. And, you know, I have not met a person yet that God hasn't delighted in when I've asked him that question. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so part of that process, too, is I ask God, what are you doing in this person? And, and do you want me to draw that out, to reduce it, to name what I'm seeing? And so those are some of the ways that, that I see the person in front of me physically, but also seeing them with the eyes of the spirit. I see them as equals who have so much to offer. So I don't see them as empty vessels like we talked about last week that need to be filled. But I see them as the people who have so much to offer they're valuable and they're a valuable part of whatever ecosystem they're in and, and our ecosystem, how we function. And they're necessary um, for me uh, to see God's image in them in order to actually see the multifaceted wisdom of God. So when we see and value each other like that, people feel loved. They feel loved. They feel valued. They feel seen, right? And that really is you know, what God, I think what God wanted in his body, because he said, they'll know you're Christians by your love for each other, not by how much knowledge you know about the Bible, not by how righteous you live or how many rules you can follow. They're going to know you're Christians by your love for each other. 
And for me, this is one of the, the facets of how I define uh, and put love into practice with hands and feet, right? And I, I name it by, I say, seeing each other, right? How do we see each other? We can quiet our own hearts enough so that we can physically take in what the other person looks like that actually reveals their heart. I can attune with them, be present with them in that. I can ask God how he feels about this person and I can delight in them, but also God can delight in them through me. And that person walks away feeling seen, loved, cared for, precious, valuable. And, and if we just did that in the body of Christ, so much would change. So that's the first, the first S, um, so to speak, of the four S's that I use to, um, to define this way of facilitating, that when we're in any type of group or conversation, we're seeing each other. So I hope that explains what I'm not saying, and I hope it says what I am saying for those who are, who are trying to discern all of this out. And, and I'm really praying that God gives you opportunities this week to practice seeing others and being seen by others. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful joy. Our communities of practice with Luke 10 are all about us practicing the, all four of these, but definitely this one so that we can experience it so that we then can do it with our own communities. Because sometimes it's really hard to implement things if you haven't practiced them. So being able to experience it and practice it then allows us to be able to bring it into our own church environment or our own home or business or whatever environment you find yourself in. Until next time, when we talk about the next S, hope y'all have a good week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Joy Fueled and Jesus Led. What would it look like if your only agenda when you were with someone was to notice what you notice, seeing them physically to their heart, and seeing them with the eyes and the heart of God. If you want to learn how to facilitate with this kind of love, don't hesitate to start your training with Luke 10 today. Until next time.